Hey, well, welcome back to Whole Nine Yards. You know, this is the podcast where Ray and I talk to you about some idioms, etymology, words, and stuff. Phraseologies. Phraseology. Yeah. Funologies. Stuff that you, you're like, what's, we say that, what's that mean? We so, accept things without diving in. And that's okay, but, you know, this little depth on some of it, it can be fun. Agreed. Yeah. So I think today we're going to cover like, a, you know, a food umbrella, maybe um, things that are food named, food things we say. Food related. Food related. Probably part one of several on the food topic. Yeah. There'll be subsets. But yeah. But this is some food. It definitely promising no eating or slurping sounds. We won't eat. Wow, this is just about food. It's not about... Eating. Yeah, that, yeah. It's about English languages. That's what we're talking about. On the subject of food. Or things that you think might be food. Or have food words in them. And, and so to that end, I'll kick us off. Do it. I have, um, you know, I have up the Big Apple. Oh, okay. New York City, the Big Apple. Sure. What, what do you know about why we call New York City the Big Apple? <sighs> Guessing um, it's got to do with some sort of New Amsterdam type of thing, settlements. That can't be right. Because of the A, is that right? What I don't. I don't know. I uh, yeah. I like the, that Amsterdam thing. Well, I mean, that's what the you know. Yeah, that even guy old said New York it in that song. Yeah, it was once New Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Apple, New York. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I would say something to do with just the historical name of it being Apple related. I, I mean, I like that explanation. All right, thank you. I, I really never thought a lot about it, but same. In a way, the actual rationale for why it's called that, while not a hundred percent, as many of these things are, <laughs> none of them, not, um, seems right to me. All right. Or it seems like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But what I didn't know. I don't know why. You know about the Charleston. You know about dan- all the those dance. The dance craze? Da- yeah. Sure. There was a dance called the Big Apple. Oh. And that was back, I think, in the 30s or something back around then. Right? Yeah. Um, I've never heard anyone talk about dancing the Big Apple. I don't I've never that. seen anyone no. dance the Mashed Big potato, Apple. No, mashed potato, sure. Yeah. Oh, well, the man. monkey. That's a little later, I think. Sure. So we're probably back in Charleston era. The Roaring Twenties, well, you said 30s. Yeah, yeah, well, it's going to come out of that flapper-esque time, out of the Depression era. Yeah. Um, However, there was a dance called the Big Apple, but no one can see how that is how New York City got its name. All right. Right, right. (laughs) Sure. So, the most likely, there were a couple other uh, 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 sundry pot shots at, at explanations that I'll Passover, uh, the one that seems likely that is makes the most sense to me is jazz musicians. Now it was the same era, but jazz musicians. You know, we've all you know those of us that that love the biographies of uh, music people and all yeah. that. We know that back then bands would travel in cars across the country and play little gigs in little towns. There was a lot of a lot of romantic and crazy stories about that. Uh, those jazz musicians used to call, you know, these little towns that they'd play, uh, just small apples. Do you know how we say small mm-hmm. potatoes? Small potatoes, yeah. Small apples, you know, because they're not going to make much money. It's a couple of people, but they got to do them all. Play them all so they can make some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you went to New York, 
<laughs> that was the Big Apple. That was where you, that you made it. That's where you're making your money. That's where you're doing stuff. And the references of New York being called the Big Apple by uh, the jazz musicians seems to be the most likely reason why we call it that nice. today. How it is. That? That's, that's awesome. I'm always happy to have jazz references in pop culture, too. Big Apple. That's where you make the money. Not all those little small apples. Although small they, apples. They add up. You I, got, I mean, when you do all the small apples. You got to have it. But then you have one weekend of the Big Apple. Nice. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So what do you got? Big Apple. Well, I uh, looked into a uh, favorite of mine because, uh, well, with a grain of salt is what I did. And, and figuratively, we sort of use that as uh, with a degree of skepticism. Right? Would you say? Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say if you said that to me, I would say, well, let's not be, yeah. Right. Let's not, let's not put too much weight on that explanation. We'll take it into consideration. You but might have taken my Big Apple story with a grain of salt. Right. Precisely. Yeah. I'm going to like, all right, like in all of this that we say should be taken with that salt. Degree of skepticism, yeah. one of my favorites. I got you. The origins, again, I found, and uh, records from that era are spotty at best. Huh. Uh, 77 AD. So we're going back pretty far. Wait, though. Yes. Because the whole salt was, was currency a sure. long time ago. And salt then, was always pop. Uh, yes, important. You got in that our throw lives. it over your shoulder thing. Sure. For luck, or keep the demons away, or something. Go ahead. Yeah, keep the evil off you. Yeah, something. Keep them alike. It was all salt. <laughs> but what I found uh, in uh, Pliny's Naturalis Historia. Who? Yeah, seventy-seven A.D. Uh, translated into modern English. So you know, there's probably some. Oh, there's some discrepancies. It's a little wonky. But little quote here that uh, apparently a man named Pompeius found. When he was going through a, uh, I guess, a, an old-timey medicine cabinet, he found a note that said, "Take two dried walnuts, two figs, and twenty leaves of rue. Pound them all together with the addition of a grain of salt. If a person takes this mixture fasting, he will be proof against all poisons for the day." Literally saying, "If you take some salt with the rest of the stuff, you will be proof to poison." Yeah, but that that doesn't. It implies that you, the salt would help uh, the poison pill be, be less serious, I guess. Uh, okay. But there's more. Good. And then uh, there's another, another Roman fellow, uh, Pompey. Also, that's weird because the other guy was Pompeius. They really I mean, it's like named John everybody then. the same thing. Yeah. The Caesars. This guy's a part of the Caesar clan. He's a part of the triumvirate, one of the triumvirates. Uh, Roman general Pompey. Um, he used to assume that you could become immune to certain poisons by dosing yourself with small doses of them every day. And with that, he would take salt with them to aid in the digestion of the poisons because they're so gross, I'm guessing. Why are we all glad all these poisons? People, everybody died by assassination back then. Are you kidding me? I looked and I'm like, all right, did this guy die from poisoning? Because clearly he's poisoning himself every day. Yeah. But no. He died from, like everybody else, being assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the poison, this way, anyway, the salt acts as a way to make the grossness of the flavors go down. So not in an immunity, but in a way to hear something that you're, it's unpleasant, maybe. Take something unpleasant and make it a little more pleasant. 
But still, is this congruent to our current usage? Well, then through the 17th century, it, I kind of, it just becomes morphed up until, you know, you get to modern times where uh, Reverend Lovejoy tells Ned when Ned's making some crazy claims. He's like, Ned, you got to take this thing with a grain of salt. So it's going all the way from 77 AD up until... The 77th episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's later than that one, but one of The Simpsons episodes, yes. All right. So, hey, yeah, that's morph- morphification. Yeah, it that's just kind of happens. We, we do that. It just takes off. Anyway, hey, everybody, stick with us. We got some more for you. Uh, we're going to read a couple of ads, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Be right back. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. And as promised, we're back. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks. So we'll do a couple more food ones for you. Uh, Ray, what do you got? So, Jay, do you know uh, who sang the song, well, I guess sings the song, 30 Days in the Hole? Oh, man. Uh, It's uh, Uriah Heep. No, wait. Uh, Wait now. English band. Man, it's like Uriah Heep. It's not Nazareth. No. Uh, yeah, Mott the Hoople. No, it's not Mott the Hoople. <laughs> what, what do you got? Who is it? It's a band called Humble Pie. God, jeez, Louise. Yeah, I knew that. Humble Pie. Figuratively, we we use it to, to mean what? What would you say if someone... I mean, it's like eating crow, I think, to me. Like That's... A, right? If something happened, you know, you'd go... Oh, it's time for me to eat humble pie because I said, you know, you'd never be able to fit in those shoes, and then now you're in those shoes. So, yeah, humble pie time. So you'd say you have faced humiliation and then apologized for said humiliation. I I, I almost would maybe word it. I, I've, humiliation's a little strong. Humility. Well, I'm, I've been humbled. Humility, 
And so um, I've been humbled, so I'll eat the humble pie. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's that's a figurative way that we use it. And you said, you mentioned eating crow, which is funny, because humble pie is actually a British phrase, uh, and the Americans chose eat crow. Same thing. Same thing. Kind of thing. It gets there. It's 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 an odd it's an odd one that we skipped ahead. So, humble pie, uh, which they believe came about through a process in the English language called meta analysis. I know. Stick with me. I, uh, I know that process, which I, I I love. It's fascinating. I did not know this. There's a process that uh, divides or removes parts of words to form new words. So the word that the they believe humble pie was based on is actually umble pie, which is a real pie, which is made of uh, not not the best parts of animals, uh, the leftover things yeah. that maybe you know poor folk might have eaten back then. Uh, I believe that the term is awful these days. O f f a l. That's awful. Through the process of meta analysis over the years and centuries, we added an H to humble pie and made it humble pie. Okay. So, I mean, is there a correlation for if I were in a situation where all I had to eat was humble pie? Right. Is it a hum is it humbling? Is that, that is that it? That's the thing like there is no direct correlation to a literal sense. Like this is literally the the language kind of doing something and it just Coincidentally, being the word like we use the word humble for humble, but it doesn't mean that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but are we using the phrase right? So well, same we, as if if we use it, uh, we use it the same way we would use eat crow almost kind of right. sort of exactly. Are are we using it right? Is that yeah. the way the British use it? it that's the, it, it. Just became a phrase because of. Language. It wasn't a necessarily a bad thing. Even the uh, the humble pie wasn't necessarily, you know, bad or, or or lowly. It just happened to be made of stuff that wasn't, you know, like a wiener. Yeah, exactly, like hot dog stuff. All right. So what is that? What was it called again? Meta 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 analysis. Meta analysis. That's when you divide words apart to become different words. Like I'm gonna just say another word I discovered. An apron, like an apron yeah. you would wear to you know, to protect your clothing when you cook, comes from a word that's napron, N-A-P-R-O-N. And through this process became an apron. And also napkin probably, but we'll save that for another show. Yes. Um, all right, well, that's fascinating. I found it to be. I have a... Maybe a, a easier, less fascinating one, but right. still, you know, I was a little amazed that this didn't mean or come from where I thought it came from, and that is brownie points. Okay. So brownie points means to you what? Um, I guess a little bit of, you got a little extra, extra credit, I guess I'd call it that. Brownie points. I'll give you some brownie points, buddy. Yeah, like a star. You got a little star to put on your chart. Brownie point. All right. Uh, uh, something positive I've I've added through extra something. Okay. I always use it like that, but also with a little bit more of suck upness, like you're a suck up. Oh, okay. Like a brown noser brownie yeah. point. Yeah. And that's where I thought that came from. Okay. But no, I would be wrong. All right. 
So it's a pretty uh, straightforward derivative from a story, some story written in 1870 called The Brownies. I thought I had written the author's name down, but it escapes me now. But it was this uh, idea in the story that kids can either be lazy bogarts or they could be brownies. All right. And um, that went on to uh, current, or you know, mid, mid-20th century Girl Scouts who then were given uh, brownie points. Okay. Uh, but that this, the saying of that or the thinking of that came from a couple of generations of adults that knew that 1870 story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I know, right? Yeah. Nothing to do with the brown nosing or anything. No, I, I was going to assume it was like some kind of extra ration book we got, you know, in some Depression War era times. You got some extra brownie points for doing something, and it was a literal, but no, it's like an actual... It's like an actual thing. Story. Yeah, an, nice. a, a real story. Huh. So... That's it for the food episode of Whole Nine Yards. Thanks for hanging in there and learning with us, right? Yes. And uh, if you have input, if you want to give us some things, uh, thoughts about what we've told you so far, or something you'd like us to uh, talk about, uh, send it to us at heyu at whole, the number nine, yards.org. That's heyu at whole nine yards.org. And that will get us, you know, suggestions, relative criticisms, Uh, Send them our way, and we will uh, explore those. And that's it. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jay. I'm Ray. And And we we are are not not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.